Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yaz. I'm really excited about today's episode because we have an award-winning thespian within our midst whose acting chops stem from theatre to television. While still a student, he won the Flor de Cap Award for the Most Promising Student in 2020 and has been making quite the name for himself as a young actor. His most prominent role thus far has been that of the evocative Daniel Lafras on the Cake Natalo novella Orange Play, but he's now about to take center stage in Showmax's dazzling, dizzying drama Spinners, where he plays the lead role of Ethan. Spinners has been taking the festival scene by storm by becoming the first African television series to premiere at Khan Series, has had packed screenings at this year's MIP, and will be on our streaming screens this November. I'm talking about the trailblazing Cantona James. How are you doing, sir? Ooh. I'm well. How are you doing? <laughs> I am great. I'm I'm solid. Revitalized from the last time I watched Spinners. Um, and how are you? I, I heard you've just come from a uh, audition just from right now, right before we even started this recording. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, after an introduction like that, <laughs> I can only feel good. Um, yeah, I came from a a a uh, callback for a feature film actually my first feature film audition that i've ever had so yeah exciting times man exciting times how are you feeling after the I audition i actually felt confident i felt very confident because um the the roles are for love interest and my partner and i actually went to we both got callbacks for the two uh, leads so it was nice you know um to go through that process with my partner especially you know having it be my first feature film audition um and i with her as well you know so it was great to source from her because you know i'm basically playing across her mentor yeah so the chemistry is chemistrying is what i'm understanding you know you know it's palpable <laughs> man it's palpable <laughs> so i'm very curious uh what is your current actual relationship with the with the auditioning process because i know with different actors some actors hate it some actors see auditioning as they see it as acting in and of itself and i know a lot of actors who really love it in my research i was able to find an old self-tape you had posted in which you were auditioning for a character named daniel and you had this very lively reading partner playing <laughs> stefan and your energy back then was palpable you could see how much you love performing so i just want to first first of all understand your relationship with auditioning and then after that let me know like where your love for performing actually began all right, uh, that, you know, it's so funny you mentioned that um, video. It's I actually had trouble sending it to the, to the producers when I was auditioning. And they said, you know, um, the best thing you can do right now is like create a YouTube channel and then post your audition <laughs> video there. That makes and so much sense. <laughs> Ever since then, I, I I lost my password. I can't log into that account. So now it's there for the world to see. Um, and that was like my very very first ever um self tape that I had. I was still in matric that year. Yeah. Um, grade matric or grade eleven? No, actually grade eleven. Um, when I did that a that self tape. Since then, I, I actually hate. To be honest, I hate self tapes. Um, uh, oh, I said self tapes. Um. Uh, I'm starting to love it now because like people don't get to meet the person man, you know, portraying the role. They only get to see the clip that I send in. Yeah, so, so they don't have an opportunity. To get that engagement, the, the chemistry yes. and to understand who you are. Yeah, you need know, to know what my energy is and what that energy is that I will bring to, to sit for different characters to feed off. 
but I love love the audition room. Like to step inside of the audition room is everything for me. Like I feel like a boxer stepping into the ring because you know you're there with other actors also come in for the same role, the same sides. So what you bring is what memorable. And yeah, it's just I love I love the audition room. I love the audition process. I I just I, I love for it honestly. So you're 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 quite the competitive person, is what I'm picking up from you. You love the competition aspect. <laughs> yeah, of I see. One hundred percent. It also comes out in your cheeky expressions, like within your within yourself. There's the cheekiness that comes, and I'm like, oh, there's the comp- there there's the competition side of this guy. Okay, so for some context, uh, in case you hear some uh, some difference in audio quality within our guest, this man was rushing from an audition, so he was on the move us being within the audition, but now he is settled, he is back home, and he is with us, so um, I'm just going to pick up the conversation, because, you know, that's how we do in these all that Yaz streets, yeah. and he was telling me, you know, um, in terms of where his love for performing actually began whether it was within primary school high school so yeah you're telling me where your actual love for performing and what actually started it so what was that i remember primary school my uh, grade six teacher that was the drama ahead and he like he wanted me to to, to join the drama um team from grade you know, grade five, and I just refused. I was like, Mm-mm, not me. <laughs> I'm going to follow in my father's footsteps. I'm going to become an accountant. That was literally, I even dressed up as that for uh, career day. Uh, I went to school in a, in a chino and a shirt, and I told people I'm going to be a chartered accountant one day. Did you know what, but, so, uh, did you know what chartered accountancy was at that <laughs> point in time? Or was it, was it just you knew that that was the name of the job and this is what I was going to be? Just for context, just so, just so that I understand for myself. Because my brother, my brother also did accountancy. So is it, did you know or is it, this is my father's job and I'm, I'm following in his footsteps no matter what the job is type of thing? It was definitely that. It was definitely the latter. <laughs> I, I just knew he was an accountant. And so I asked him, what's better than an accountant within the accounting range? And then he said, a chartered accountant. Then that was my aim. I wanted to be what he did, but better. Um, so chartered accountant was that. Uh, I had no idea what accounting even was until grade eight and nine and then i realized oh no oh no this is not this is not for this is not what i signed up for you know balancing people's sheets and controlling people's money working with their money no 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 i'm fine but then uh in high school i i experienced a, a tragic family loss and the only way i could channel that was by like writing through the the the, the point of view of my mom that i lost and um, when I stepped into her shoes, I oh, it, it it was literally therapeutic. It was therapy that I've never encountered before because I went to um, therapy, you know, grade eight, grade nine, but nothing helped like a monologue, performing the monologue, really? um, you know, stepping. No, like really, honestly, I was I was a angry, not violent, but just angry within my core. I was sad, but that sadness turned to anger. And I was surrounded by, you know, boys and the rowdy energy also just fed into the, the anger that I've built up. And as soon as I performed that monologue, literally it was like a wash that came over me. Like I felt way better than I ever have. It literally, I just deep dived <laughs> into acting from grade nine. 
I wanted to just do this every single day. I worked on my my pieces every single day because it also helped me with my anxiety that I had at school because I was deputy head boy in primary school. I was stopped academically. I then came to high school and experienced what I did and I, I had to climb, you know, the ranks of academic. So that pressure, academic pressure, really caused a lot of anxiety and having to perform, you know, but acting was my escape from everything. One monologue or one poem. I even changed songs <laughs> into monologues and that would make me feel better. Oh no, I I can somewhat relate to that because uh, when I was in high school as well, I had lost my brother and how I dealt with it was actually I was, um, my school was very, very supportive, but I was also in hostel at the time. And oh. what kind of got me through it was really starting to actually like write music. So I've always been a writer. I was writing like poetry. I used to write scripts as a child. Um, I still write yeah. scripts now. It's actually what my job is, but I started writing music, but then our schools had these um, squash courts, which yeah. uh, our schools had the squash courts. And what I would do is with both the songs, which I wrote and like my favorite songs, the squash coats became like my concert arena. So like <laughs> after everyone had gone home and it was just the the hostel boys mm -hmm. and it's like, you have like free time between like six and seven before you do like your, your homework and stuff. So around that yeah. time, that was my concert hall. So I just go there and I'd <laughs> perform and I'd do all of that. And that's kind of what like gotten helped really get me through my like um, grief and anxiety and kind of lose myself within that. So I, 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 I understand how like throwing yourself into performance can both be therapeutic, but also it's there's something about like when you're in a zone and even you're by yourself performing and you're in the zone, there's something like intangible that just comes and feeling so free and connected to creativity yeah. that you just kind of want to like keep playing in that it's kind of also why I think writing is such a very fun thing because it's just you and yourself before you let it go there's no judgment there's no right there's no wrong you can you can judge yourself but in the moment yeah. when you're having fun like you're just going <laughs> yeah it's it's funny you say that because like with everything you know with you know it's this freeing thing it's this you know euphoric thing that you experience while performing but you're never satisfied once you're done with the performance. You always think you can do better. It's like, you know, longing for feeling more within that space that you just explained now, you know, that euphoria, that that you want to push more boundaries within that euphoria. Yeah, it's it's a very beautiful thing to experience, to be honest. I was going to say thank you for sharing that because it actually, you know, it, it, it gives me a, an idea also of where your understanding of, you know, what I explained to you comes from. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Oh, always the space that we've created here and all that, yes, is really at least what I want it to be is very much a space where we can really humanize craft and art yeah. uh, from all perspectives. So we speak to whether you're an actor, whether you're a musician, whether you're a producer, whether you're, it's really about just getting people to really understand where all of this comes from and to fully understand process and just Everything. the humans behind it so now let's get into spinners because you're talking about euphoria and if there's something in the <laughs> spinners trailer that is captured especially the spinners shot where 
I don't know what the actual technical term for it is, but I've been calling it a death drop because it's when the person <laughs> like comes out of the car and they're 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 standing and then they just throw themselves back almost until they hit the ground. Yeah. I'm like, ah, it's ah. actually called a, a suicide. Um, you know that yeah. makes a ton of sense. Because <laughs> yeah, it, really you, does, it does seem like a suicide mission uh, <laughs> trying to do something like that. It sounds like a very suicidal mission. But no, definitely. Now, in the world of spinners, what um, for our audiences listening, what is it about, and when did your specific journey begin with it? Um, in terms of the timelines, from around when. Um, so Spinners is a series that follows a 17-year-old boy by the name of Ethan that uh, he finds himself in between, you know, different worlds. Uh, as a 17-year-old boy, he's held responsible for his brother's well-being. There's no parent at home um, for years. And so he needs to make ends meet. And his skill that he has is driving. And so the only place within a community like the Hills the only proper job that he could, you know, have for protection as well as stability is gangsterism. Um, but what I like that, that what Spinners did is it, it it doesn't give you your cliche gangsterism, which is and has been done so many times within the colored community uh, television. But it gives a deeper look, man. It gives this the sort of Commodity. Com- 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 <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it quite comprehensive. Shows. There's a, the. It's almost yes. got that um, Sopranos aspect because there's a therapy aspect to it. There's the yes. you're yes. seeing the business of it, but at the same time, through you, you've got this. I'm on the ground. I don't really know your character's in on a, is in over his head um, because yeah. <laughs> in the first episode, my gosh, there's something which he does. Okay, I shouldn't say he does, that he is complicit in making happen, whether it was intention yeah. or not, which yeah. when it happened, <laughs> I I had to stop watching for like a good 10 minutes to gather myself. I was like, yeah, this is where we are in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool, and cool, gets, cool, cool, cool. It gets worse, eh? It gets worse. And I was like, cool, shop. Okay, great, great, great. Awesome. And then... <laughs> and then it and then that's actually it's at that moment when you're like at the deepest in the pilot is when we start like getting into like the spinner's world of of things because yeah. I'm like wow this is like really dark this is really deep and then the fun begins and it's now <laughs> this this tale of your character having getting introduced to the spinning world and the fun yeah. of that while there's a investigation of that very dark thing, which also yeah. your character, we can have words about your character <laughs> and his thought patterns because, you know, the morality is there, but the questioning, the questioning sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the thing is, that was a difficult experience, not difficult as in like hard to, 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 to accomplish difficult as in, the amount of guilt that I carried for the four months of shooting is <laughs> ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous because he goes through so many things, but nothing stops, you know? Like yeah. life just continues. And, and that's that's what I say I love about Spinners. It's like literally a direct mirror to society where you can't you can't literally stick a a, a, a a second to breathe because the next minute you need to think about you need to watch your back 
You need to think about what you did. You know, it's a it's a dog dog world out there, and that is exactly what is uh, being portrayed by 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 Ethan's journey. As you said, morally, his moral compass is is later messed up. You know, <laughs> um, because though he has his reasonings and his his mission and his own path that he's trying to follow, he still needs to to think about those that are affected because of the life that is portrayed in the hills, I think people would understand <laughs> why <laughs> what happens had happened. No, yeah, that first ep- I won't lie, that first episode. It's, it's one of my favorite pilots, I think, uh, South African pilots. It's up there with, wow. I would say in the last four, four yeah, let's say this decade. In the last decade, in terms of wow. like, my favorite pilots, there's this, there's Shaka Iembe, there's Justice Served. Um, oh, wow, well, yeah, and yeah. there's, like, pilots that, like, really, in terms of, like, my favorite pilots. Oh, and How to yeah. Run Christmas. Those are, like, my favorite oh, yeah. pilots. That's one of my favorite shows. Love it to bits. Um, <laughs> but, you, but one thing you had just mentioned was talking about the guilt that you um, had felt. So I'm curious, um, with regards to taking on roles like this, do you have an actual process with regards to the boundaries you set with the character, how you set them your your approach to portrayal what does that look like you know like it's it's been a, a a journey for me with um setting boundaries between myself and characters i started my my journey with method acting and method acting is when you totally you know ignore your existence and you start building a character that you believe that you are um so Every emotion, every thought is processed through the character. And for for years, I struggled to let go of characters and you know, get out of um, character and all those things. And leading up to, 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 to Spinners, I had a lot of advice, you know, telling me to set boundaries between myself and characters because though my performance might be beautiful, it's still, you know, um, taxing on, on, on myself. But, yeah, especially even with the character you played on Orange play um and yes. the storylines they had um he had to go through which there are quite some a few similarities if we're being honest in terms of like the backstory between both um Daniel, Daniel and Daniel and Ethan in terms of both them being essentially at multiple stages of their lives them being kids who have to parent themselves and yeah. the consequences that come with being a parentless home and how that kind of works into their psyche um and no, how no, it is that they move through the world so i i had picked that up so this is also why i'm like very curious so you had been you had been warned from then and then coming you're saying coming into spinners especially now mentioning daniel um daniel i've been with him for four years four to five years now and the first year, I literally went totally 100% method at home and in the character. And I lost so much weight. I just went through so much turmoil in my life because uh, it was so close to the character. But going into to, to Spinners, I had, I, I, I'd like to believe I had started my own, <laughs> uh, my yeah. own form of method where I, I would be 80% the character and 20% limbo, but still not myself. So you oh, would I'm intrigued see... by that. 
Yeah. <laughs> so like how I created Ethan and Daniel. So Daniel, I created him with my heart. Um, unfortunately, and fortunately, for this, the same time I got the role, I was also experiencing a lot of stuff, you know, getting kicked out of university, you know, that not really going so well with my father and all that. So when I started his process, I basically birthed Daniel from my heart. And there were so many things that I didn't, you know, heal from my past that I just uh, mixed with this character, with, with Daniel. With Spinners, I learned how to birth a character from pieces of my life because, I mean, that's the only only place one can source from, from your life and your experience. But just create, I created that boundary between it's not the person, you know, it's not the thing, it's not the actual thing, it's just the feeling that is similar. So when I started it, my the limbo, the 20% of limbo is basically a blank page. <laughs> if you were to meet me on anti-psychotic or anti-depression polls, you know, it's just a dead canvas. So that was basically my my process for, for four months. When you meet me on on, on, on on a weekend, I would still be a 17-year-old kid <laughs> mentally. You could see my mannerisms. I was a 17-year-old kid. Um, yeah. For the first time, I had like, you know, enough money to start worrying about my closet because my journey into acting was very, very um, centered on being stable enough for my sister who also um, was left after the death of my mom. So I kind of wanted to work hard enough so I can, you know, be stable enough for her to come to Cape Town and also see the possibilities that she can accomplish from the place that we come from. Um, so my idea was centered on that. But when I got the role and I finally got money, I started buying myself clothes. And I kid you not, I kid you not, there's not an outfit that I bought then that I like right now. I hate everything <laughs> I bought. <laughs> I hate it. I bought. You said like, Ethan then threw me in the river. <laughs> he did me bad. He did me so bad. Like I have a closet full of clothes that I just was disgusted wearing out. I'm like, look at this child. I look like a ten year old child, man. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. I, 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 at the time as well, I, I was in a relationship, and that also just effect, affected that relationship that I was in because I I Daniel actually um, um Ethan actually only has like one scene where he actually you know cries where where you see his emotion um where he's free to, to show emotion and we only shot that the fourth month so <laughs> everything that I went through you know on a day-to-day -day basis uh, whether it was exhaustion from the day or like I even, I got injured once on set as well. And I couldn't, I was in pain, but I was like, you will not cry because you will only cry once <laughs> in the you're show. Saving, so. <laughs> you're saving that tear. You're saving that yeah, tear was, when it counts. I, I'm telling you, it was a river stream that day when I finally had that day. Oh my God, I gave them Viola Davids. I, <laughs> I, brought, <laughs> I brought it that day because it was just overwhelming amount of emotions that I did not express, you know, stuff that I came home that I just wasn't present. Um, everything just flooded out out of me that day. Um, and still through the experience of Ethan, um, through Ethan's um, heart and 
so yeah that's that's basically the how my method was um so on set i was 100 ethan on my way home you get to know a little bit about me you see hints of cantona come out but still you know like 50 percent of the the, the 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 groundwork when i myself is this character just observing um how i am and how i am behaving within the body that is his for four months so, so yeah then, that's uh, yeah no sir no no i say yeah that's that's how the method i see the method so what i'm not curious about with this description that you've given in terms of like your um your approach to stuff being method because you have there's certain actors who are very personality based you can see um exactly where their personality st starts and where the character ends and with these two characters as you've already said you you have you give a lot into them. They're very emotive characters. They're very, yeah. they wear their heart, their heart in their sleeves. You said that you, you only release the emotion at the end, but yeah. I would just, I, I, I would slightly disagree purely because of the amount of range of emotion that you go around <laughs> in the first episode. We're able to see it through your eyes. Like the moments yeah. of joy, the moments of despair, the moments of, what world am I in? Because like the first time that you you and um, uh, Dylan's carried you're in Dylan's world and yeah. figure out you find out that you're safe. Not not necessarily that you're um that you, that you're in a safe world. Like there's a confusion yeah. that lives in your yeah. eyes about like yeah. <laughs> what what is going on. So I think there's there's um in terms of the actual releasing of emotion, your character is very your portrayal of the character and how you um, bring in acting is very immersive in terms of us feeling all of that stuff so that when you do, I haven't gotten to the point where I will not lie, I haven't gotten to the point where you break, but when you do, yeah. I'm then presuming when you do actually feel the tears, it's not a thing of you've been, um, we've not been experiencing these emotions, but you're now finally yeah. Allowing them to come out, but that was not yeah. the actual question. That was just an anecdote. <laughs> the question <laughs> has got to do with then if you throw yourselves this much into the character and into the space where, for when you're shooting, um, a lot of you disappears. Who is Cantona, and how would you describe Cantona for the people? Because so far, then everything that almost all of us as, as as audience members have experienced of you would have been within character. So who are you yeah. out of character? Yeah. <laughs> that was a deep question. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I would say to summarize Cantona, like um, my, my previous handle on Instagram actually summed it up beautifully. Um, my handle was depro joker for like eight years um because that's how i saw myself you know i'm um i'm the deepest i'm one of the deepest clowns <laughs> that you will come across um like i'm i'm I, I take yeah i take things very very serious um the i i look deep into a lot of things but then also i'm very very um jolly <laughs> okay or, or clown clown like i afrikaans there's a saying <laughs> i'm very gek. um uh -huh. because uh 
I've always liked seeing people laugh, I like making people laugh. So I and also nogal, I'm a very soft person at heart. Um, a lot of people that probably has encountered me won't agree with that, <laughs> but I mean I, I walk with a very tough shell around me. Uh, you know I need to protect my heart because of all the characters that I portray. But still, like it's easy for anyone to come into my heart. I'm literally a, a soft little marshmallow. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's to me. I I I I I look forward forward to to do the best in everyone that I meet. I want the best for everyone. Sometimes so annoying because um, then I also reflect back on my mom's words when she told me um well, I was great I think grade six or five. She told me hearts like ours were not meant for this world, and I never understood it until you know I got to also portray Daniel, you know, someone who lives on the street. Um, just how I always felt deeper for people that are, that just didn't have enough. People that struggle, people that bear crosses. Even though I had my own cross that I bared in life, I never really looked back at it. You know, I never really <clears throat> could um, measure my cross up to anyone else's. I always, you know, I always thought of what they might be experiencing. So, yeah, I think that that in 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 a nutshell could, you know, summarize who I am. Um, and this is all just work from 2020 until now, because before 2020, I was not, I was non-existent. Um, I believed, and I had a quote as well that I lived by that said, "My life was made, and everything that I would go through was made for the characters that I need to portray." Um, because after those characters, there were so many things that stayed behind um, for years. My first character I ever portrayed was a general of the the, the number gangs, um, and that 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 hard that hardness stayed in me for for very long until I portrayed a very angry boy, like a politically angry boy, which also then became to to to, to enhance already what already was existing in me. I already was a very politically. Um, politically inclined child because my father has been in politics for for long um and so and he, he raised me very political and so when i did that character that was more enhanced than anything else and when i was done with that character that stayed as well so for a long time i was never really myself but i was you know pieces of, of characters Yes. That yeah, basically. Kept um, amplifying themselves. Yes, kept am amplifying themselves when they found similarity in a place of which I birthed them in this character, you know. Though it existed in me, it might have not been as large as the characters was, but now leaving the character, I just couldn't get back to myself. I see. <clears throat> And the last three years has now been trying to figure out that process for yourself in terms of allowing yourself to be a full-on entity outside of what it is that your roles may be. Oh, no, definitely, definitely. Outside of the entities of, you know, the roles outside of the things that society, you know, puts upon us, the the, the family in which you were born in, the the, the history, the rituals, the um, traditions. 
I literally, <laughs> 2020's journey took me from walking on several paths to walking on a straight string line <laughs> in between everything else because my spiritual journey, I went on a spiritual journey, I went on a personal journey. I basically found and met myself for the first time. Um, and I, I learned about, you know, people like me in this world. Um because there's always been many beliefs growing up that I just didn't really understand. You know, um, I, I always wanted to break generational curses. I always thought, you know, I don't belong. I, I, I don't not belong here, but I, this is not where I end. I mean, I come from a small town called Tukumsris. You know, no one knows where Tukumsris is. So many, so, so seldom, you know, people know where it is. I mean, it's a small town in Johannesburg. And to be known by at least a household or several households in a different city that I didn't even grow up to portray their lives, you know, authentically for me has been just amazing. My life from 2020 till now is still, I'm still discovering myself. But I think there are certain things that I've been set in stone. And I finally felt happy and comfortable enough to express it, share it, and just be, you know? Like, a lot of a lot of people probably don't know this, but I'm, I'm pan pansexual, and a lot of people don't know about that or know, are uh, educated about that. I myself wasn't for the longest time of, of my life because yeah. trying to live my life in a, in a comfortable yeah. box that was already placed, exactly, it was already placed for me. With the, with the given knowledge of this world that I needed to exist in. But I felt now I'm going to break through the, the, the mental prison that I had created for myself or that was aided by the environment I found myself in. It sounds like a, a really beautiful and vulnerable journey to go through and you're still actually going through it as as, yeah. as you're speaking because you know we're both in our 20s 20s you know the 20s <laughs> are a very interesting interesting is the right word because i don't know i don't want to use a positive or a negative word or negative yeah it's it's yeah. both <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is both because you're like is. you think you know yourself or you think you know s certain things about yourself and then other things happen you're like oh uh, yep hi yep. hi okay cool <laughs> and you're like oh yeah. okay cool shop um i thought i knew i don't so it's, it's it's this continuous um journey of coming of age um into yeah. yourself and and trying to figure out all of these different things and what they mean to you which also i think um thematically with the types of roles that you've been doing thus far which have been coming of age roles in different types of ways it kind of they have been a very solid vessel for you to also work a lot of these things through. Definitely. Now I'm curious Definitely. for you before we get back into spinners, if you had a dream type role right now for yourself, what type of role would it be? My dream role for the past few years now has been Ashley Creel. I would really like to play the biography of Ashley Creel. Um, Ashley Creel was a freedom fighter from Bontevo, Um and he he was part of the, the the freedom fighters, the youth freedom fighters. So he started when he was fifteen, um, and he already was a you know wanted from the the government. He joined MK 
um, and he returned because he, he he really just was an important part of um, colored history that also hasn't been told and educated a lot in the country. Um, there's a lot of people that are not held high or, 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 or remembered for what they actually did to us or, or did for us. Um, yeah. So uh, he he's really the person that I would want to to, to to pay a march to. That's my dream role. Like I'm actually even busy right now auditioning for several stuff, but I'm growing out my hair because I believe <laughs> that I will get the opportunity to play this this character because he had like a, a, a thick um, head of hair. Um, so manifesting, yeah, very, you know, very, by... very, very <laughs> early. Uh, I'm seeing yeah, it was yeah. called the Che Guevara of the Cape Flats. Yes, yes, definitely. We don't have the same hair. <laughs> so I don't have curly hair. But hopefully when my hair is an afro, you know, you can do the things. So that's that's my journey right now before that. Um, but it's definitely a dream role of mine. But before I do that or after I do that, I really want to play a bad guy. Yo, so bad. I want to be hated by many. <laughs> why? Why why do you want that? I'm very curious. Because of what I have inside me. A lot of people are, are, are gravitate to the characters I portray. Because I have a lot of love within them and a lot of vulnerability within them, and so people, if I, I can in, uh, evoke happiness and sadness from people, but to evoke a, a feeling such as hatred, you you need to really be doing your work very well. And I I, I want to see what I get once I take what I've already established within people's hearts and you know twist the knife with that. You know, basically already being in the art and they see me, they've always, they, you know, they, they they see my journey and they, they, they get to know these good, nice characters and to, to be, you know, um, thrown basically by a character that they need to learn to hate um, or love to hate. Uh, I really would want to go on, on a journey um, like that. I don't know what it is yet. Um and what exactly I want to do, but I really want to basically get into other people's skins. That's an Ashley Creel. That and Ashley Creel. So I whilst you're talking, I did uh, I just did a few Googles for those who are interested in what he's talking about. Ashley Creel went into exile in nineteen eighty-five in Kibashi, Angola. So oh, yeah, Angola, it, yeah. It, it it was Angola. And this man, this man really was a freedom fighter. Um in the anti anti apartheid movement, and I'm just looking at the age that he died. It's saying here that it was like 21 because it was 1966 to 1987. But the amount of stuff that he did in the yeah. in the in the in the lifespan, it's it, it's very much within even the kalushis of the world in terms of like when you're yes. seeing all of these very young his, historic characters and the things that they went through, and then you just look at the age that they um the yeah. age in which they they passed or the age in which life got to them because of apartheid and it just it's it's yeah. quite harrowing um to 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 understand and to really like get into you can look into ashley creel the Shea Guevara of the cape Flats. what actually i think what i would really want you to do and it could be a villainous role i'd be very interested to actually see you play on a fully comedic character who oh 
the thing that I I saw in that self tape from you from like seven years ago, <laughs> yeah. Which um I only like saw like I I I've 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 seen hints of it in both um performances, but there is a cheeky side of you. <laughs> yeah. A very, very <laughs> cheeky side of you that comes out, but so far it only comes out in like very boyish tendencies. But in yeah. comedy, that cheekiness, oh my yeah. god, it could uh, <laughs> I feel like you could even the thing where you're saying playing a character that people love to hate. Like I yeah. feel like that cheekiness in a comedic center, especially if you're being a a a a like one of those characters that's just like a a a person who's a dick and knows that they're a dick, or that, <laughs> yeah, that knows that people like something about them, so they use that something about them to enhance their dickishness. That's kind yeah. of like the, type yeah. of, <laughs> the type of comedy role that um when I saw that like self tip, I was like, there's a comic in here. There's a there's a really fun yeah. comic. But moving back into spinners, one of the things which I found very interesting is cost-wise, there's, there's quite a bit of an overlap between the R and Spade class um, cost and spinners cost. Even I think your mother in spinners was your primary teacher in R and Spade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. Um, in moving the cost, what was what was the actual cost journey like in terms of like being in the spinner space? What was it like? Um, the the actual energy um moving between these two characters with the same actors and just not the same actors because there there are some differences but what was the cost feeling and journey like for you on that end it was it was really amazing um to be honest with you the first time i uh looked at the entire cast i literally broke down in tears i had tears in my eyes because with this casting i got to to accomplish so many goals that I had set for myself. Like playing with Brendan Daniels has always been a dream of mine. You know, I've worked with Elton Landru, I've worked with Don Jacques Martin, but the, uh, these are people that I looked up to. You know, I was still in high school and watched their movies, watched their stage plays, and, you know, was inspired by them. So I think that also added a lot to my performance. <laughs> I remember every, literally almost every second day, I was reminded to to take it 50% or 80%. And I just, my 80% was 120%. <laughs> and <laughs> like I spoke to um, DJ Don Jacques on set now the other day, and we spoke about that exact uh, scene as well. And he said, uh, he's actually happy that I gave what I gave at that time, though we were, I was asked for 80%, because now it, it pushed everyone else to meet me at the level that I am at, you know? Um, and that, like, it, it, it was very, like, inspiring for me to know that I had evoked something within an actor that I respect and look up to in so many, you know, ways, um, to evoke something within them to play with me, you know? That, for me, is was amazing. And then, you know, being with these these great giants in the, the industry and then coming back to all of us, the young ones who are all, you know, trendsetters and, and, and trailblazers. I mean, to be with Dylan Van Vogel. <laughs> he, I literally found a brother uh, on, on set. We we became so close um, because we already had known about each other. We, we already met each other. We already had like a friendship before yeah. Spinners, but like after Spinners, it it's like skyrocket. That's that's my mandam. <laughs> I love my mandam. Dylan. 
I love Dylan. I know, same. So much. Like, his, yeah. he's my favorite part of Blood and Water, bar none. I just same. love... The way he plays characters can sometimes oh. be very understated, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. the understatedness doesn't come at the at the gulf of you feeling the emotion of what his character yeah. is meant to do. So, and then he just like at 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 random times he'll just use moments to just go over, usually for comedic effect, <laughs> but like yeah. his understanding of like humanity and how he brings warmth into his characters for yeah. something which is really. Um, I really love witnessing it. So like every time I kind of get to see more of him, I'm like, oh, I'm such a fan. Uh no, of both definitely. of you. And like the I could I could stand over with Dylan and his performances uh for Yeah, he's he's definitely one of the best human beings I've encountered in my life. Like and not just performance, but human beings. He has a heart and soul of gold and literally it's his aura extends miles from where he stands and i'm just you know so glad that we could create the, the relationship that we have um as well as like chelsea thomas uh, we came a long path from actually playing love interests on aaron's play um to playing love interests on spinners which is already so different because um where daniel was at the time he met um chelsea's character angel is very different from where Ethan is, where he meets Amber uh, yeah. in Spinners, and and also the, the the portrayals of both characters made the, the 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 chemistry feel new. You know, it was very beautiful playing with her again and and getting to to to, to show that range with her because it, it was beautiful that it was a challenge actually for us because now we already have an established relationship with people. Uh, who know us know and so we needed to 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 play away from anything that has been done before and to give um, something new so people know that yes. these two characters are not the same as are not the same yeah. yeah because people can sell them you know um often just link back to the the, the everyday soapy that they watch i mean people really live into these soapies and they don't really I mean, <laughs> they call us the character names. They believe that we are the, the, the yes. Characters it's part in, of in... it's part of the magic of I shouldn't say magic, but it's part of what the being part of a telenovela and a drama. Yes, and is so because we we watch you every day. It kind of feels like you're mm. part of our lives. So detaching yes. you from because there 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 are people who still call no matter what character. Like if you've been a big soap. You, the yeah. name of your character is not it's your <laughs> name is your character's name it's not you Cantona doesn't exist it's Jay <laughs> like it's like it's whatever yeah. your character is because uh, I've also experienced yeah. that with a lot of my friends even like with my mom actually because my mom also used to act but even right now actually she's not used to act she is an actress herself but if you were to look at my my brother's what he saved my mom as it's the name of the character she played on Isidengo years ago <laughs> Not not mom, it's Betty. Betty was the name of the character that my mom played. And on his phone, it's the name of he saved my mom as Betty because that's what she played on Isidenko. So I get I, I get that uh, th- that feeling. But now, how much did you know about spinning before coming into spinners? Um, I knew I knew about spinning, um, the world of spinning as well. I mean, I think most colors do know. Ooh grew up in a colored community, know about spinning, you know, um, 
colored and black communities because it's very thriving in Soweto as well. Because coming from Joburg, I only knew about it thriving in, in Soweto and most of the other communities. But unfortunately, it was not something that I was allowed to attend. I, I, my dad did not want me there. <clears throat> he said, no, 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 there's no, no watching spinning. So I think I've only been to one um, spinning event in my life before spinners. And that was because I did not tell him that that's where I will be going. <laughs> like, no, I'm going, no, no we're, we're doing study homework. We're, we're studying. <laughs> the amount of times I lied about study. <laughs> um, but Which yeah, I only, uh, yeah? yeah. No, 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 go on. We, people also used to do it on the corner. Um, my brother-in-law, um, my sister's fiance. He has a kusheshe, and so on days that he's feeling jolly, he will spin the car in the corner. So it's literally part of our our DNA, I would say. So coming into playing this role and just coming into the world, what surprised you the most um, now that you were fully within the world of spinning? How difficult it actually is. Um, <laughs> because... The pre-production, I had the opportunity to to do spin um one of the cars, um, and I got one take like he showed me once like uh-huh. while I was sitting next to him, and then he got out and said, "Okay, your turn." And I was like, "What? How am I going to do this?" But when I did it, oh, I kid you not, it was the the best three minutes of my life. It was. It felt amazing but i could also realize how difficult it is because it's very concentrate you know concentrated work and very timely things that you had to do it's amazing it's lovely but then when it comes to having to do the same thing again and again i would not be able to do that not no no i would i literally because you don't know where the car will go yeah, so the, you're saying freestyle, you can do that, but the technical. Yeah. Because my I've not fully experienced spinning in a cultural setting. My understanding of spinning really has been through entertainment. And for the last five years, there's been a really big emergence of spinning culture coming into television. Uh, like, yeah, uh, trying to do the suicide. And yes. Oh, wait. Posing uh, for. Were you yeah? talking there? Were you talking that entire time? Yes, <laughs> did I cut out? Yes, I did not hear anything you said. Uh, so what, what was the last thing? The last thing I heard um, was you speaking about um, after I said the technical versus freestyle. Did you hear me say that? Yes, yes, I did. So anything you said after that, um, I didn't hear at all. All right, I, I, I actually don't really remember. I just went on about. Um, how difficult it actually is to do um, stunts within spinning because that that is what I realized during shooting that though you know freestyle is fun and I fa- felt it was sixty um, percent easy to do in my regard, but um, when you have to do stunts and you know suicides, that is very very difficult, very very difficult. I see. So, uh, did you? So you hadn't heard what I said uh, because then we were both no. talking at the same time. So I was no. like, I haven't experienced spinning properly culturally. I think I've only seen spinning live once, 
but so far my my entire like understanding of spinning has been through television and it feels like over the last five years has been this general growing of coverage of spinning culture whether it's through shows like etv so you think so you think you can spin um or the documentary that came from the same production company afterwards which really brings you into the world of spinning and like because with so you think you can spin they had like these challenges where for example they had um like four energy cans like red bull or I, i don't remember what the actual energy cans was but some of the 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 actual challenges was to spin continuously spin donuts around four oh, yeah. uh four <laughs> four cans and make sure that you 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 never hit them or doing all of those suicides and stuff and even yeah. like this year there was a there was an evod movie called um that just actually clever ish and the entire premise of it the the world that it's set around is around spinning in Pretoria North. So like uh I feel I I'm, I'm finding it very fascinating trying to like understand and see more of this come alive and with spinners um the Showmax series I'm now seeing the the colored side of it because I'm not necessarily you've seen them in the competitions but this is not the first time I've seen it being centered in a colored world and yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 quite beautiful to to witness the the sequences themselves are quite thrilling and that they 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 give you some respite from the very deep drama that we're then thrown into actually i think so far because i think i'm three episodes in my favorite spinning sequence is and it's also a comedy moment it's you spinning the life out of the security guard um oh yeah <laughs> as you're trying to create a diversion that was yeah because of just the amount of fun that you're having with it it's not it's not the most te- of actually of all the 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 sequences it's the least technically like dazzling yeah but yeah. it's the one where your character thus far that I've seen the, the most has the most fun in like showing I know what I'm doing yeah and I'm gonna make a fool out of you <laughs> yeah for as long as yeah. I can do so yeah, uh, yeah. confidence that goes with it as well um you need to be very confident in what you do so the cheekiness is yeah it was very fun to do that scene as well so with all of the 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 very big and in my opinion very deserved hype that spinners has been getting what has been your favorite moment in the reception of the show thus far before it goes out into the public uh, i i i would definitely say um the premiere the south african premiere at silver scarum fierce because to have south africans watch it and be moved to have our community people from our communities see it was just beautiful because like my father came down from Johannesburg to to watch it as well my partner's parents pulled through as well because my partner actually current partner we met on on spinners as well she plays um diane the girl in episode two to just have experienced that with you know with her with all the cast members the crew was that for me was the most beautiful i mean even topped going to Cannes for me um, having it premiere in South Africa with the entire team that created it. So what are you most excited for um, for people to see about Spinners? Um, I'm excited for them to see the journey that he takes. Um, I'm excited for them to see just how I pitched 
Ethan and how he worked and I worked within him. Just seeing his journey because it is really a roller coaster of a journey. I I I think I'm just excited for them to see the whole story, man. Um, because for me mentally, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense without <laughs> the entire product the picture. Because we shot out of continuity as well, um, and the type of method that I was playing. I basically had to come home and you know create my own collage every night of things that we have shot. It only all made sense to me at the end when I was done because now I could finally place everything in this collage that I had in my mind. So I'm excited for everyone to to see the journey, and I hope that they enjoy you know going on this journey with the character. I'm excited to finish the journey because I'm only three episodes in, but from where I'm at, I am the worst person to watch television with. I pause every time there's like deep drama. So like for context, like did you watch yeah. Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, I was a huge Game of Thrones fan. So if a Game of Thrones episode is an hour, finishing that Game of Thrones episode, let's forget the final season happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Finish, yeah. <laughs> finishing a standard episode of Game of Thrones if it was 58 minutes would take me two hours because wow. I love really great character moments and I love sitting in them and when there's like really big tension, unless it's a film, I watch films at the cinema for this exact purpose because I can't pause. <laughs> because you can't pause. <laughs> because I can't pause. But... For me, Spinners is that type of show that that 140, the the 48 minutes is a 90 minute experience because wow. when the drama hits, I'm like, okay, cool, shut let me go take a breather, let me breathe, <laughs> <laughs> let me come back because what just happened because you know yeah. therefore come flying at you in like the most randomest of places you're like okay we, we're calm now you're like Whoop, and like okay cool shut yep. <laughs> um great fantastic or again the guilt because um i think from episode two because episode one the guilt is set in terms of the premise but it's only yeah. like pays off from like the I'd say the end of episode two, beginning of episode three, but the guilt now of the actual situation, both with the character and the face of that guilt um, starts to like weigh on you a lot. The tension in the show is woven really well and yeah. really good for people who love drama. For us who are anxiety prone and I use anxiety in the most literal and not scientific of ways, it is it is a ride it is a ride and yeah. i can't wait for other people to see it and i can't wait to also finish it but i know by the time i get to episode seven i will be probably swearing at you because i'm seeing the world <laughs> that i'm going at is one where your character is going to make me swear at you continue yep. And I am prepared yep. to do that. So I just want to, first of all, say thank you for coming through and having this interview. It has been a very vulnerable interview. I wasn't expecting <laughs> It's been very open. I've also said things about myself that I've never said on this podcast, but it's been very, it's been a very open conversation. 
and it's been a pleasure getting to know these different aspects of you and your and your process and i genuinely can't wait to see what spinners does for you and i can't wait to see the rest of your work as you keep branching out as an actor but also as you get to different phases of your life and seeing what characters mean there because yeah. right now you're playing a lot of coming of age stuff but then you're going to get into yeah. like your mid-20s and like 30s roles and i can't wait to see just from like the the instincts that you have what that translates to because it feels like it's an open canvas purely because yeah. you can do so much and you show so much but you so show much in the context of a character so you can see this is like oh i've only seen like 30 seconds of you doing comedy and proper comedy and i'm like no there's a full <laughs> like comedy set there so i i, I yeah I'm genuinely excited to see what your journey holds and where it's going to take you because within the performance alone, I believe it's a star-making performance. It's one that is so memorable and you can feel the work and the effort in how you've just spoken about it yourself. So thank you for your time and I can't oh, thank wait you, for man. people to watch it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was really, um, it's also been for myself one of the most, you know, beautiful interviews i've done i've I haven't felt as comfortable <laughs> in a very long time um you know speaking and i mean look we basically spoke for an hour <laughs> um non-stop so thank you for having me and thank you for, for 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 that um it just starts a fire under me again or just adds more wood to the fire that i already have under me so that the next time we have this conversation we'll be talking about my portrayal in this comedy show <laughs> definitely and i'll be like aha yeah. <laughs> i see that and i see it for you and it's going to happen and when it does you have to come back so i definitely will do you have any final words for our listeners or final thoughts you'd like to leave before we wrap up i think I, i'll leave everyone with my 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 motto that i live my life by um and that is to never aim for the sky, aim for higher. Because if you fail, you will fall in the comfort of clouds. And if you succeed, you will roam with the stars. And even if you are with the stars, remember you can still be higher. Keep roaming higher, people. And that has been this episode of All That Yaz with Cantona James. Thank you so much, sir.